0: Hello everyone, we're so glad you've joined us today. We're just here to talk to you about some wonderful things that have helped us all through our lives,
1: and we want to share those things with you. Well, we do, and you know it's an exciting time in which we live, but it's a scary time for a lot of people. It is. And uh, during this crazy COVID crisis that literally has shut down the world and has cost people jobs, has cost nations the economy. You know, some, somebody said, uh, uh, or it wasn't somebody, it was the, what organization was it, the Fed? that just said uh, yesterday that had had America's economy not been so tremendous right. back in the first of the year, right. just tremendous, uh, greatest economy we've ever had in history, had it not been that high, that's right. that this seven-month shutdown w- would not be recoverable. We Nobody could recover. No, the nation not. could that's not right. recover from it. And I tell you, God's in the business of recovering and and preaching the Word of God and and learning the Word of God and operating in the Word of God uh, brings us out of the norm. No, it does. It brings us out of what we call the barely elements of this world and just living like everybody else. It gives us an edge. To say, well, here's what God said about it. Here's, here's, free. He, you know, God invented business. Yes, God invented the economy. God invented finance. God invented the family. That's God right. invented the church. God invented people. Exactly. God invented nations. And God knows that's more right. about all this stuff that's right. than anybody. He knows more about finance than the than the greatest financial minds that's ever been. He knows more about healing than the greatest medical people has ever been. He knows more about the family than the greatest marriage counselors have ever been. Oh, that's and so right. we we just tend to. Always go to the Word of God. That's right. Always go to the Bible. Always go see what God said about any situation. In other words, somebody comes and asks me a question uh, out in left field or whatever. Uh, I'm not just going <laughs> to give them my opinion. No, that's my right. opinion is not worth any, right. any more than anybody else's. I'm going to go to the Word of yeah, God. That's well, right. what did God oh, my say goodness, about That's The that? wisdom. You know, it's like those old bands people used to wear. What would Jesus do? Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm wearing it. Right. What did Jesus say? And what would Jesus do? Right. Because what He said, we can do. No, that's if right. He said we can do. It, it, we can do it if he told us to have faith that tells me I can have it that's if right. he tells us to be strong Confident, that tells me right. I can be strong no, that's and, right. and we, can, we can live you know I've got a tape series an old tape series Renee and in fact I taught at your Dean's church mm. years and years yeah. ago called how to live stable in unstable times well if there ever were unstable times no, in the world right. that's this right. is it that's and right. how to and how to raise stable kids in unstable time how to how to have stable teenagers in unstable time how to have a stable marriage in unstable time how to have a stable checkbook no that's <laughs> right in unstable times do yes. people still have checkbooks yes <laughs> uh, how to how to operate in on God's economy exactly. how to operate on God's medical plan how to operate on God's marriage plan how to raise your kids on God's I mean, God knows more about this than anybody. No, that's right. And of right course, right. We, we, tend to, we tend to make the mistake of going to the world and say, well, let me go see what the world says. No, right. You, you know, all my life I've had this philosophy. I'm, uh, when I went to learn Spanish, God had told me at age 13, you're a missionary. And uh, so I thought, well, because I was a West Texas boy, when mm-hmm. he said missionary, I only thought Mexico. I didn't think about the rest of the world. I just thought, oh, Mexico. And so I went and I started studying Spanish right there at age 13 and uh, but when I went to study Spanish I didn't care if a Christian taught me no, right. I didn't care if a sinner taught me no, that's I didn't right. care who taught me just want it was, somebody I, just teach wanted, I just wanted somebody that knew what they were doing that's right uh, to teach me Spanish and later I became a pilot and again, I didn't go look for a Christian aviator. And it's fine to have a Christian aviator; that's not a problem. But I, I didn't. I didn't go look for someone that was there was a theological professor right. to teach me flying aviation. I went to somebody that had been flying uh, helicopters in Vietnam. You right. know, I went to find somebody who who knew how to fly exactly. And so I, I didn't care uh, uh, whether the people were spiritual or not. But now on spiritual things, right. that's a totally different deal. No, that's that's right. a totally different deal. If it well, has yeah. to. Do with Somebody something has that God there, done that. created. Yes. Then I want to go to the Word of God. So what That's does God right. say? So if it's an area of finance that I'm going to say, well, hey, I'm not going to go to a banker. Those guys steal and cheat and do everything else. Some of them, uh some of them. Uh, but God invented finance. That's right. He, he's the first one that thought it up. If I'm going to deal with my marriage, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, hey, I don't really need the greatest marriage counsel in the world. I need to go see what what did God say? He, he invented marriage. That's right. That's he invented right. husbands. He invented wives. He invented children. He invented sex. Why would I go to some guru and read about sex whenever God invented it? He knows more about it than anybody.
0: Well, and that's what we've been doing, you know, around the world. You've, you've gone around the world, Terry, for 52 years oh, and taken this message around the world. And that's really what we want to talk to you about and share with you just what you've been saying about all of the wonderful things that are in the Bible that will help you understand where we are today in this day and time. And you know, Terry and I have have lived life in a a very, uh, you know, (laughs) I don't know how you can be on the planet and not realize this is real life. Um, You know, it's just all the things that have happened to us. Uh, We were both married to our spouses for. 44 years and all of these things that happened and then they both left us and went to heaven (laughs) you know all of these things that are going on in the world and that's what we want to share with you about and take it from the word of God and give you these kinds of things that will really be a daily lifestyle for you not a like you were saying not a religious situation not being religious but having a relationship with God through his word in a day-to-day situation so that it applies to like you were saying your marriage your children your finances your health everything that you need in your life you can find right here in this book you
1: know Renee you know me I'm big on purpose (laughs) you've got to have purpose everybody on the planet you've got to have a purpose to do what it is you're going to do otherwise how would you know when you get through how would you know what you're supposed to do and nobody was more on purpose than Jesus. That's right. And I, I think the church today is having a serious problem. In fact, we know the church today is having a serious problem. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I think the reason she's having such a problem over the last number of years is that she's, she doesn't know why she's here. Right. And and the, the reason she doesn't know why she's here purpose. is because she's forgotten why Jesus came.
0: Well, and then it overcomplicated everything else. And it's oh, just not that complicated. You know,
1: my dear friend, Charles Caps, he's in heaven today, but he used to always say, you know, the Bible is so simple we've had to have professional help to misunderstand it (laughs) that's right and we've certainly had a lot of help to misunderstand it but but the church has forgotten why Jesus came that's right therefore she's floundering around saying what am I doing here well, why am I here? What, what's my purpose? But the church is to do what Jesus that's did. That's right. That's why they call us Christians or Christ-like <laughs> ones or imitators of Jesus. That's we right. He's the Christ. We're the Christ-like ones of what he did. We're supposed to do. You know, he exactly. said, he said I only say what I hear my father say. Right. Well, that's right. what we ought to be doing. That's right. He said, we I only do what Jesus I see my father do. do. Well, that's what we ought to be doing. That's right. He that's said, right. I didn't come here to do my will, but the will of him that sent me. Yes. Well, that's what we ought to be doing. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just right. amazing how uh, I talk to so many churches and so many Christians and so many pastors. And uh, even when I'll post something just facetiously on Facebook just to get a reaction out of people, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just post something about what we're supposed to be doing. Oh. I'll get I'll get comments and arguments and comments about uh, some some goofy guy or girl yes. uh, that's just a Christian. Uh, that has no clue what they're doing or what they're supposed to be doing, they'll start chewing me out and telling me what what the church is really supposed to be doing. And they don't have a clue. We need to look into the word of God and say, what did Jesus do? Just keep it simple. Nobody was more on purpose than Jesus was. He sure was. And we have to be, the the church has to be the most important entity on the planet. Yes, it is. And, uh, you you know, (laughs) the apostle Paul, Knew why Jesus came. Exactly. If you ask somebody, why did Jesus come? They say, I don't know. But the Apostle Paul knew. He said to Timothy, when he wrote that letter, that great apostle Paul wrote this letter to the young pastor Timothy. He yes. said in 1 Timothy 1:15, he said, Timothy, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners.
0: Isn't that wonderful? That's
1: just pretty plain, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I mean he didn't come to do A, That's B, funny. C, and D. He came to do A. He came to save sinners. That's just a declarative statement. Paul said, Timothy, yes. if you're going to be a pastor, right. remember this. Right. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Exactly. Not to do 16 things, to save sinners. And then John knew. John wrote in First John. He said in 1 John 3, 5, he was manifest to take away our sins. Isn't that simple? It's wonderful. Why was Jesus manifest? Why did Jesus come to take away our sins? That's right. Isn't that amazing? Well, it is you can a ask the church today about to missions, and they that. say, "Well, Brother Terry, you've got to have what we call friendship evangelism." You say what? Oh, yeah, you just go to, to another country and, and you, just, you just be a friend to everybody. And then one day after your friendships built over several years and you finally won their confidence and you've labored like they've labored and you've, you've gone where they've gone and done what they've done, then one day they'll ask you, oh, oh what is it that you do? And you get to tell them about it. Well, That's nonsense. <laughs> that's nonsense. It Jesus work came Jesus no and they'll die in the meantime. yeah really? Jesus came to take away our sin and then the writer of Hebrews nobody knows to this day who wrote Hebrews but 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 whoever did did a good job in spite of the Holy Ghost but Hebrews 926 the writer of Hebrews said he appeared he Jesus he appeared to put away sin. That's right That's so simple that's so simple. Jesus appeared it really is to put away sin. What was he concerned about sin? What was he concerned about? People. He didn't right. want people to sin. He wanted to do away with their sins. He wanted to seek and save that which is lost. He wanted to save sinners. Right. And then and then you go back to John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist. Now John may not have known a lot. Man, he's out there a hairy guy wearing the leather coat and eating bugs, you know, but he baptized folks in That's the world. And yeah. uh, and in in John 129, it's Jesus is walking along and he, he overcomes John. And he sees John down there in the river baptizing folks. Mm-hmm. And so John's baptizing folks. He looks up and sees Jesus, his cousin. And he made this powerful statement, John 1, 29. John said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That's right. That's so powerful, Rene. oh, John the Baptist knew why Jesus came. John the Apostle knew why Jesus came. Paul the Apostle knew why Jesus came. The writer of Hebrews knew why Jesus came. And then back to 1 John 3, 8, it says, For this purpose, listen to that language, for this purpose the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. There's no hmm. there's no ambiguity there. There's no yeah. wondering. There's no, I wonder why Jesus came. I wonder if Jesus... No, no, no. It's just as right. plain as the nose on your face. And then G- Jesus himself knew why he came. He preached really good one night. And he did a, they did a great meeting and preached good, and the people loved it. So they, so they came to him and they said, oh, Jesus, you did good over there the other night. How about coming back and preaching for us again? You know, what if we just build a church and you pastor the thing? And Jesus said, <laughs> Luke 4, 43, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. Right. For thereunto am I sent. What a powerful statement of Jesus knowing what his purpose really was. He could right. have stayed there and preached again. He could have stayed there and built a church. He could have stayed there and gone on television, written books, and been a famous preacher. But no, no, no. He said, I can't stay here. He wasn't willing to saturate one area with the gospel right. at the expense of another. He wasn't willing to say, well, we'll saturate this town with the gospel. But that town out here is going to go to hell. No, he said, no, I must go to the next cities That's also. Right. That's right. For thereunto... Am I sent? He knew he was a soldier under command. He knew he was sent. He was sent to do a mission. He was a sent one. What's a sent one? An apostle. An apostle is a sent one. And so God sent him to the world as his great missionary. That's what missionaries are. Missionaries are apostles. The right. m- m- Missionaries is not in the Bible. Our, uh, even our translators didn't mess that up. Mm-hmm. Just The church today messed that up. Uh, but uh, uh, Jesus knew why he was here. And then Luke 19.10, he made a powerful statement. He said, for the Son of Man, talking about himself, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost right now that's purpose so we've talked about paul we've talked about uh the writer of hebrews we talked about john the baptist john the apostle we talked about paul the apostle we talked about jesus all those people knew why jesus came therefore they knew what they needed to do so, they knew why the church was here that's right. but you ask people today why is the church here they don't have a clue why is the christian here they don't have a clue they'll try to give you all kind of you know what they call relevant <laughs> answers
0: yeah some of these words are overused oh i
1: hate the word relevant listen hey, Brother here the church needs to be relevant you, you, don't even talk to me
0: <laughs> the bible's already outlasted every other book in well, the yeah last you 2, know the persians years. came and
1: went and the medes yeah. came and went and the egyptians came and went and right, the greeks came right. and went i told the community came and went and hitler came and went uh, but the church came the missionaries came and they're still here We're still here. The the Bible and the church and the missionaries have outlasted every army, every system, every political system, every dictator. uh, And the church is still here and it'll still be here. But she's got to get back to purpose. Everything we do must be on purpose. We've got to absolutely know who we are and what we're doing. Exactly. And why we're doing it. And exactly. Jesus knew he didn't get sidetracked. The Apostle Paul didn't get sidetracked. No, right. He wasn't willing to saturate one area with the gospel at the expense of another. You know, they told him, Paul, you're getting old now and you've preached <laughs> everywhere. Just, <laughs> just sit here and put your feet up and right. make a few TV shows and write a few books. And, you'll, you you, know, you, uh, you. he said, No. He said, I'm a debtor. Romans chapter one. He right. said, I'm a right. debtor. I'm in debt. I owe the gospel. I owe the gospel to those that are at Rome also. He said he was in debt. Christians they don't feel like they're in debt. No. The church doesn't feel Especially like she's in with debt. The gospel. Paul said, I'm in debt. I'm a debtor. Right. I owe the gospel right. to those that are at Rome also. They haven't heard. What if I don't tell them they're going to die and go to hell? Exactly. And, and they they begged him not to go, Renee. They pleaded with him not to go. They begged him not to go. The Bible says they fell on his shoulder and wept and said, please don't go. And he said, why do you weep and make this a dude? I must go. He said, woe is me if I don't go. I must preach this gospel. Romans 1, it's the power of God. Unto to salvation. salvation, he said, "It's to the Greek and the Jew, to everybody." And he said, I'm, "I owe it to the, I owe it to them. I, I'm in debt. I can't stay here and saturate this area with the gospel and just build my church and just, mm. just keep it here. I of must course. go where they don't have the gospel. I must go tell them about Jesus." And they said to him, "Paul, if you go, you'll be put in jail." And he made this statement. He said, "I'm willing to be put in jail, right, and die also." And what happened to him? He yes. was put in jail, and he died also. Nero cut his head off, right. and uh, but he didn't care. He said, "I must go. Woe to me if I don't go. I must go. I have to preach the gospel." You know, when he got Jerome. Uh, you know, Agabus the prophet, and I'll get back to Rome. Agabus the prophet. And now, this is a good guy, this isn't a bad guy. This isn't a, this isn't a false prophet. This is a the Bible tells us in the book of Acts, Agabus was a, a prophesied to Paul by the Holy Ghost. Right. And he, he prophesied to Paul. And he said, Paul, if you go, you're going to have your hands bound just right. like this. And right. he took a he took a piece of cloth and wrapped it around Paul's hands mm-hmm. and tied him up. And he said, You'll be bound just like this if you go. And Paul said, I can't help it. I can't help it, woe to me, if I don't go preach the gospel to them. He said, as much as in me is, I am ready. I'm ready. He said, because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed. Well, the church has been ashamed a few times, and she's gonna have to straighten up and say those same three things that the apostle Paul said. He said, I'm a debtor. Well, the church has never felt like she's a debtor, but we need to understand, we're in debt. If you're saved, if you're born again, you, you owe tell the somebody. gospel to somebody else. <laughs> That's right. You owe it to somebody. If they die and go to hell, uh, it can be on your head if you're not careful. Right. I, so the church needs to know what Paul knew. I'm in debt. The church needs to say what Paul said. As much as in me is, I'm ready. Most Christians aren't ready, and most churches couldn't get ready. You know, in World War II, at the end of World War II, when President, when uh, General Douglas MacArthur in Tokyo Bay, Tokyo Harbor, when he said on the on the battleship Missouri, when we brought Big Mo right. <laughs> into Tokyo Harbor, and the Japanese emperor had to come and sign the unconditional surrender. Right. I mean, unconditional surrender. It wasn't a negotiation. It was no, we lost, you won, you're, you're it. And, uh, and and MacArthur took their, took their unconditional surrender. Then uh, Congress said to him, They said to General MacArthur, do whatever you need to do to give us a land that will not trouble us anymore. We don't want another war with them. And so you know what MacArthur said? Well, you do, but the church doesn't know. Uh, General MacArthur said to to United States Congress, to our government, to our president, to Harry Truman, he said, uh, send me 10,000 missionaries. Send me 10,000 missionaries, and I'll give you a land that'll never give you a problem again. And so Congress went to the churches and said, give us 10,000 missionaries to send to Sad Japan. Sad story. <laughs> True story. Historical story. Historic. And the church said, we're not ready. We can't do it. We, we can't do it. Shocking. And so instead of sending 10,000 missionaries to Japan, history says this, we, we open houses of prostitution. That was our solution and our answer to keep everybody busy Wow. that's history that's in the history books and my concern is so what that was 1945 big deal well yeah but here we are in 2020 what if I was in a crusade today in Africa or India or somewhere around the world and all of a sudden God fell and revival happened and and I mean heaven bent low and kissed the earth and we got caught in the middle of smack blind eyes open deaf ears unstopped and miracles are happening and, and, and what if that revival fire took off and what if I call back to the church And what if I call Tulsa? Or what if I call Dallas or Fort Worth? What what if I call Springfield? What what if I call back to the church and said, dear God, revival's broken out, send me 10,000 missionaries. I think the church would say the same thing today.
0: Yeah, that's sad. That she said
1: to General McArthur. That's
0: sad. Well, in Ephesians. Over
1: half a century ago, we're not ready. So he said, I'm not ready. He said, I'm in debt. And then the third thing he said is, (laughs) <laughs> I'm not ashamed Right. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ and the church has always been ashamed in one form or another you know we say well you know we go down here to this storefront church and it's a great place but you know if I bring my boss or if I bring my friend you know old sister diddle might, might speak in tongues or pastor might take up three offerings or, or this might happen or that might happen I, I don't want to bring them the, 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 we're going to have to quit being ashamed Paul said I, I am I, I, I'm not ashamed I am ready and I'm a debtor And the church needs to come back into that to come back to purpose. We, Jesus knew why he was here. Do you know why you're here? And you asked me about third world missionary evangelism. you know, third world is a term we used to use way back. Nowadays, people say developing nations, mm-hmm. you know, nations that are not like uh, developed, like the Western world. And so we call them developing nations; they're still in development. But it's just because I've always been called to those nations. For me, the more primitive it is, the better I like it. You know, I've lived in jungles and had to shoot monkeys for my food, and had to, you know, fish for my food and eat worms and and rat and dog and cat and monkey liver and fish. I balls and that sort of thing and uh, i like first world too i go to first world nations you know modern nations civilized nations but but uh, but, but my heart's really in third world so that's why I use the phrase a lot, third world missionary evangelism, because I've gone to these third world nations, these developing nations and evangelized or preached Jesus to them. And it's not just, it's not just starting a church and just preaching the word of God, just like you and I teach Christians the word of faith all the time. Uh, but it's, it, it's more than that. It's getting them saved. It's, it's preaching the gospel. It, 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 it's, it's Jesus Christ came in the world to save sinners. It's Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. It's he appeared to put away sin. It's he was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. It was behold the Lamb of God who's manifest to take away. Well, it, it's the purpose that the church must come back to
0: no exactly and and probably there in ephesians chapter 3 um all of these things that paul was saying that the whole purpose of the gospel is because god had a plan oh absolutely and god had a plan to reach the world and the plan was that he wanted to make it plain so that as we preach the gospel, people would understand that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever 16. would believe on Him would not perish. And and, and have the,
1: everlasting life. And
0: have that everlasting it's back life. To purpose. And so God's concept of all of this trying to keep us centered and focused on our purpose because the gospel means good news. And the gospel means that we have a purpose to go and preach the good news and tell people. And that's why why you have a passion to do that. And that's why we passionately want to share with people over and over. And when you lose your purpose, then you lose your passion and you lose the, the ability to make things plain so people can understand them. And it's so important for all of us to keep focused on that and going to the world and helping people learn the gospel and knowing that God has an eternal plan for every one of our lives. And that makes you get up out of bed every morning and have a purpose, a spring in your step, (laughs) because not only is it going to work for you.
1: Every Christian must be involved. in But every Every person
0: must be involved. You're either a goer or you're a
1: sender, but you are a missionary.